0: different words for the year on sunday morning i did mine a couple weeks ago pastor jordan and then i've asked pastor mike to come and share his word for the year on wednesday nights we're giving time during the service as well for you to share your words and we want to encourage you as god gives you those words to write them down keep one for yourself so that you don't forget because we're forgetful but also to put it on the board as well for encouragement to others' accountability for yourself. So I'm going to ask Pastor Mike to go ahead and come on up and share his word for the year. What was that? <laughs> Don't woo for me. <laughs> All right. So my word for the year is communication, something I am... Definitely not good at. Um, not something that uh, is on my resume of number one things that I'm good at. Um, not something that somebody would say. Oh, there's Mike. He's a great communicator. No, the, it's not not my word, and I think that's part of why God gave it to me. Um, but uh, I was driving. I got this word. I was driving in my Jeep home. I think home from work one day, and and it just like hit me like an epiphany that communication is really the key to everything in our lives when it comes to God, when it comes to personal, when it comes to work, when it comes to everything, communication is the key. Um, and we have so many different ways of communicating. And um, last night, uh, Micah was praying. He texted me. He said, is there anything you need? You know, I'm praying for you. I said, I've got, I've got uh, 12 pages. I need to get it down to five. He said, are you sure your word's not long-winded? So that's why I told Jordan my word was long-winded today, because of Micah. It is. Um, I, I had to cut out a lot just to get through the first service, because uh, when I printed this to PDF, it actually printed to 17 pages. Um, but I've got it down to 13, so we're good. I'm going to cut out some things. but <laughs> It's OK. We'll make it to the dinner tonight, I promise. Just want to communicate to you that I might be a little long-winded, okay? <laughs> Since my word's communication, I thought I'd share that. Um, but we have many different ways of communicating today uh, in our society. Um, you know, one one method of communication that sticks out to me the most is um, my my mom. Sometimes just give me a look. She didn't have to say a word, but I knew exactly I knew exactly what she was saying it was either get your butt in this house right now or you better clean that up or whatever it was. Um, you know, mom can parents can give that look. They don't have to say anything. Um, so we can communicate by simple facial expressions, gestures, please don't anybody give me any gestures. Um, but if we dumb it down, so to speak, um, five main areas of communication, there's verbal, which is spoken directly, nonverbal, which is that look or gestures, Body language, there's written communication, books, the Bible. God communicates to us through his word. Audible, listening. Um, th- this one right here is going to be the, a big one for a lot of us. Um, and visual, images, pictures, things that, that we can uh, visualize. <clears throat> the way that we communicate with uh, others depends on the purpose of communication and who we're communicating with. And that, when, it, when, it, when I was researching this and I saw that, I was like, oh, that's why Micah speaks loud and slow when he's talking to me. So that explains it right there. <laughs> but I, I believe communication is suffering these days. And I believe that God gave me this word, not only because I'll be the first to admit that it's not one of my items, as I said earlier, on my resume or something that I am good at when and that people mention when they think of my name. Uh, But I believe that God gave me this word not only for self-growth and self-awareness, but to communicate within the body of Christ um, and be aware of our communication with one another and how well or not well we communicate with God. Um, So I'm going to break this down. It's going to be, I had three different sections that i wanted to cover today i wanted to cover you know our communication with one another which was mainly our bible reading this week so i'm gonna do two points on that and then i had another section that i wanted to talk about our communication our communication talking with god but micah actually covered that in the wednesday night services so i'm cutting that completely out you can watch that on wednesday night youtube and then i'm gonna focus the last point here i'm gonna give four points there's actually gonna be six points today i know that's non-baptist but that's okay There's gonna be six points, the last four are gonna be on our responsibility and the way we listen when God communicates to us. Um, There's four types of listeners, so I'm gonna gonna go in and talk about those, but before we get started, as I was researching this topic and this word communication, I came across this article posted on the Florida National University of Students website. (laughs) It was funny that they had to actually post this um, to their students, but it says, and I quote, society as a whole has become desensitized to social awareness and one one another, and they have become mental slaves to other diluted forms of communication. These specific forms include texting and all social media platforms. You want objective proof? Go to any social setting, for example, a restaurant, a park, or maybe even a, a family gathering on a glorious Sunday afternoon. In these types of social settings, you'll find an abundance of people distracted by their own electronic gadgets instead of gauging in intellectual dialogue with their fellow cohorts. They are more concerned with who liked their late Friday night selfie rather than injecting a few thoughtful ideas and statements within their dinner conversations. As a result, many have become more socially awkward as the years pass by and have lost the skill to engage in proper form of communication. They they write, they continue on, they had a whole page on this, but I'm just gonna skip down to the last part. It's, uh, how can we communicate more effectively at Florida National University with our professors? There's three specific ways, but the best way is through direct dialogue, which is a simple one-on-one conversation. I thought it was amazing that they had to write a whole page on telling people, talk to one another. (laughs) Face-to-face communication. An example of poor communication, this story is hilarious. And I am sure that you're going to enjoy it as much as I did. There's a story of a rather old lady. Well, I shouldn't say old lady. Old-fashioned lady who was uh, prim and proper in her wording and the way she spoke. And she was planning a vacation in Florida at a campground. She was delicate and elegant with her language and very choosy with her words. She wrote a letter to a particular campground that she was asking for reservations for, and she wanted to make sure that the campground was fully equipped, but didn't quite know how to ask about the toilet facilities. She just couldn't bring herself to write the word toilet in her letter. After much deliberation, she finally came up with the old fashioned term bathroom commode. But when she wrote that down, she still thought that it was being too forward. So she ripped it up and started all over again. She rewrote the entire letter and referred to the bathroom commode simply as BC. And she wrote, does the campground have its own BC in the letter, is what she wrote. Well, the campground owner was not old fashioned and prim and proper in his language at all. And when he got the letter, he couldn't figure out what this lady was talking about with BC. That BC really stumped him. So after a couple days of trying to figure it out, he started showing the letter to other people, but they couldn't figure out what the lady was talking about either. So the campground owner finally came to the conclusion that what the lady obviously and logically must be talking about was the location of the local Baptist church. So he sat down and wrote the letter back to her, and he said, dear ma'am, I regret very much in the delay answering your letter, but I I now take pleasure in informing you that the B.C. is located nine miles north of the campsite and is capable of seating 250 people at one time. I admit it is quite a distance away if you're the habit of going regularly, but no doubt you'll be pleased to know that a great number of people take their lunches along and make a day of it. They usually arrive early and stay late. The last time my wife and I went was six years ago, and it was so crowded, we had to stand the whole time we were there. It may interest you to know that right now, there's a supper plan to raise money to buy more seats. They plan to hold supper in the middle of the BC, so everyone can watch and talk about this great event. I'd like to say it pains me very much not to be able to go more regularly, but it is surely not for lack of desire on my part. As we grow older, it seems to be more and more an effort, particularly in cold weather. If you decide to come down to the campground, perhaps I could go with you for the first time you go, sit with you, and introduce you to all the other folks. This is a really very friendly community. (laughs) Lost in interpretation, bad communication. We're all guilty of it. So as, as I said earlier, this past week, our Bible reading, we read a lot of how we should communicate with one another um, and on our lives and our walk with God. Not limited to speech only, but as I said, walking it out. Um, We as the body of believers in Christ should walk in unity. Um, As Brother Curtis said earlier, that is the goal. But the thing about unity is that it's 100% dependent upon communication. And so I'm gonna break this up into two main sections as I said earlier. Um, So if you have your Bibles, we're gonna be in two spots today. I didn't put the second thing on the slide, uh, the second group of scriptures on the slide, and I apologize. But we're going to be in Ephesians 4, get that, and then get Luke chapter 8 in your Bibles. And if you have your Bibles and you would like to stand with me to read the word of God, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1, says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Jump to verse 29. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only which is such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it might give grace to those who hear. Let's jump over to Luke chapter 8. And we're going to start in verse 4. Of Luke chapter 8 <clears throat> Give me an amen when you're there amen. Y'all are quick, I love it If we go over, blame um, Pastor Jordan For being long-winded with the announcements It's okay Alright, so starting in verse 4 It says, and when a great crowd gathering When a great crowd, let me try this again Was gathering <laughs> And people came from town after town To him, he said In a parable A sower went out to sow his seed And he sowed Some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. (coughs) Lord, we just come before you right now, Lord, and we humble ourselves, Lord, to you, to your word, to your voice. Lord, we want to hear you. Lord, right now we just ask, Lord, that all the hustle and bustle of life be set aside, that we focus, Lord God, our mind's eye, Lord God, and our spiritual ear to hear your voice, Lord, to see what you're saying to us. Lord, not just to hear it and it fall away, but Lord, that it would gain good soil. And bring forth, Lord God, change in our lives. Lord, We love you and we thank you for your word, Lord. We know you're speaking. In your name we pray. Amen. And y'all can take your seats back. The key to uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 that we just read is verse 3, that we must be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That's the key. That, that is the key. The key is unity. That's, that's the goal, actually. The key is communication. Sorry, I got it jumbled up. See, I'm not a good communicator. See, I am not a good communicator. That's why God gave me this word. But I believe uh, one of our greatest failures is a lack of communication skills. So the Bible gives us um, principles of communication that we need to communicate effectively with man and with one another. Um, And it says there that it is mandatory for us to give diligence be diligent about it to, to communicate appropriately. That that, like I said, that's something that I am just not good at. And the unity of our church, this church as a whole, depends on communication. So we're going to talk about two points real quick on biblical communication as, as Christians. So the number one is the biblical need for communication. Biblical need for communication for us. To be unified in spirit for the unity is to work together. What are we working together for? The Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. If you don't know what the Great Commission is, you can read that later. Um, But that is what we need uh, to work together for. That that should be the, the goal of our unity, should be for the Great Commission. Which is brings us to the second point there to reach the lost world. As Romans 10, 14 through 17 says, how will they believe if they have not heard? How will they not he- how will they hear if we don't go? So that's communication. That's verbal communication. We need to verbally communicate the gospel. That means we actually have to go somewhere and do something. And then the, bi- the third biblical need for communication is to settle disagreements. In Acts chapter 15, there was a problem in the church, and some of the Pharisees who had become Christians thought that the Gentiles still needed to be circumcised. Brother Curtis will explain that to you later. Um, But Paul and Barnabas rightfully disagreed. And so the church at Antioch wanted Paul and Barnabas to go back to Jerusalem and speak to the other apostles and settle the matter. When they got there, (coughs) excuse me, Peter stood up and spoke, and then James stood up and spoke, and James quoted scripture, and they said, okay, it's determined by the word of God that that Yes, Gentiles don't need to be um, circumcised. So that it was settled by the word of God, by communicating together and letting God's word have the final say. God, God's word should always have the final say in our lives, no matter what we think or feel. Amen. Amen. So and, and then with settling disagreements, this part hit me because um, sometimes it's not disagreements with others sometimes it's a disagreement within ourselves like if somebody's pointing to something in my life that is not according to god's word or is in direct opposition to god and we say something along the lines of well my generation does it different or i know but then um the problem there is that there's no butt there except your butt is wrong. <laughs> the word of God is right every single time. Every single time. And the problem is, is that our flesh is in direct disagreement with everything holy, so it is going to fight. So sometimes we have to settle a disagreement with our flesh and say, no, the word of God says this, and I'm going to stand on it. So all three of these points not only apply to our outside communication, but our internal communication. As Pastor Mike has said before, sometimes, a lot of times, most of the time, we have to preach to ourselves too, right? So we need to tell ourselves and we need to do things. Sometimes, that may even mean to, for the sake of unity and working together, that may mean God may ask us to work with somebody that we may not like so much, So even if we don't like them, the point is the Great Commission, to reach the lost. That's the goal. That is the end goal, to to seek and save the lost. But if God calls us to work with somebody and we say no because we don't like that person, this was an ouch to me. Um, It's because it's not about what we like or dislike, right? It's about obedience. And, and here's what hit me. That was the ouch. Disobedience to God communicates to him that we really haven't put him first in every area of our lives. And then I thought about all the other areas of disobedience that I had. And I was like, ouch, Lord, ouch. That communicates to him an area that we haven't put him first. Second requirement for communication as Christians biblically <clears throat> and obviously, as I said, this, this is all re- regarding unity within the body of Christ, is Ephesians 3. Um, requirements for communication is the attitude of love, obviously. We want to do it in love, 1 Corinthians 13. Everybody knows this is the love chapter. We've all heard it. We've all read it. It says love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, is not boast, does not, is not arrogant or rude, love does not insist in its own way, is not irritable or resentful. That part I tried to skip. Um, Love does not celebrate or rejoice in wrongdoing, but celebrates with the truth. Now, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get irritable, regardless of what Nora may say. Sometimes I get irritable. Things like traffic, circumstances, people, being hungry. OK, but if if I'm hungry, then all bets are off. OK, you know, that's that's fair game. I, I have a right to be irritable there if I'm I'm, I'm hangry. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, sometimes I'm irritable and I don't even realize I'm irritable. But guess who notices it? Nora. <laughs> right away. <laughs> yeah. OK, well, let's move on to verse six uh, before I get resentful about being irritable. Verse six says, "Do not rejoice in wrongdoing." And this this kind of uh, spoke to me a little bit. So, think about this: if someone in our circle of friends or in our life is doing wrong, and by the way, who gets to define right and wrong? It's not our society, our culture, what's popular on social media. No, it's God. God defines what is right and wrong. So if somebody is doing something that is contrary to God in our lives, that is a friend of ours. And since God is the only one who is good and holy and gets to define what is right and wrong, um, do we say something to that person? Or do we celebrate what they're doing by not saying anything at all? Because silence is complacence. And it's celebrating what they're doing. So if someone is doing, living, acting, speaking in a manner that is wrong according to God, we should not celebrate, participate, or encourage that behavior. This is important, especially among young people, because there is a uh, popular push to be a certain way in this world. But it's an amazing concept, think about this for a second, that by engaging in the behavior we think, We're showing them that we love them by being cool with them. But according to the Bible, we're actually doing the exact opposite. And the reason why we're doing the exact opposite is because we're communicating to them that we really don't love them because love doesn't celebrate wrongdoing. So if we are condoning and participating in what they're doing and being silent about it, we're saying we don't love you but we think we're showing them that we love them by being cool with it. Do you see the, do you see the upside down there? The next requirement for communication is to edify and not gossip. And some of y'all are going to squirm on that one. Uh, God said Leviticus 19.16, for us not to go around as slanderers among the people, and that synonyms for the word slanderer are mudslinger, defamer. Backbiter. Exposer. I like this one. Character assassin or spiller of the tea. That's gossiping. (laughs) Not sure if you're gossiping? Here's a good indicator. If you start a sentence with, how about so-and-so did this? That's gossip. Okay, Most likely it's gossip. (laughs) To edify means to build up, to enlighten, to inform, to educate, to instruct, to teach and then obviously do it in an attitude of love. Third requirement for uh, biblical communication is pure speech. As we read in Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, let no corrupt communication. That's hard because we get mad sometimes. If you all remember Pastor Jordan's first sermon he preached here, he talked about not losing his sanctification. Sometimes we lose our sanctification when we get mad, don't we? Mm Mm-hmm. I won't use any examples or illustrations there, okay? We're just going to leave it at that. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. All right, moving right along to the second part here. So the second part here, like I said, I'm going to focus on our responsibility to hear God communicating with us. Um, And, you know, because one of the biggest differences between Christianity and all our religions is that uh, we know God is alive and that he wants to communicate with us. He is always communicating with us. As a matter of fact, we're sitting here today because he communicated with us first, even when we didn't want to communicate with him. Um, our salvation is based on the relationship that we have with God, which began with communication. Um, I got I to cut that out because of time, so moving right along. But this is our responsibility to listen, and in Luke chapter eight that we read, there were four different types of listeners that we saw there in that parable. So, uh, in the first par, in the first point in Luke eight, the first listener did not listen at all, as some don't listen. Some people just don't listen at all, and some of us were told that by our parents at one time. You just don't listen. You just ain't listening. Anybody heard that before? I know I have. Yeah, I bet. I bet when we get to heaven, God's gonna say, "All those times you just weren't listening." Um, <clears throat> in Luke chapter eight, verse five, that path is a high traffic area that nothing grows in. Once something is trampled under the foot, it's not seen again, and that's not listening, Linda. <laughs> listening is an important part of communication. Ding, ding. (laughs) But that person in Luke chapter 8, verse 5, it just bounced off their head and hit the ground, and it was gone. The birds ate it, and it was gone. Gone forever. They weren't listening. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt did an experiment once. He wanted to see how many people listened to him when he spoke to them. So he was at a meet and greet, and I'm going to paraphrase this for the sake of time. Um, and instead of when people came up to shake his hand, him saying hello, he said, I murdered my grandmother tonight. Or was it yesterday? Let's see. Or this morning. He said, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And everybody came. To, oh, yes, that's great. Thank you. They're so nice to meet you. Nobody was listening except for the last person when he shook their hand and he said, I murdered my grandmother this morning. The person leaned into him and said, she probably deserved it. There's only one person that actually listened to what he said. Some people just don't listen. As a matter of fact, A.W. Tozer, he said, most people don't hear God's voice because they've already decided they aren't going to do what He says anyways. Some people just don't listen. So the question application here, God is speaking, but are we listening? Second type of listener in Luke chapter 8 is that some listen, but they forget. You know, the United States Air Force did a study and found that we forget between 90 and 95% of everything we hear within 72 hours. Within 72 hours. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you all and tell you all that sometimes, for me, it don't even take five minutes. Somebody can tell me their name. As a matter of fact... (laughs) We were talking about it at the, at the meet and greet. I asked somebody, I've already forgot his name, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I just, somebody tell me their name, and I could turn around, see somebody else, say hi, and turn back around and f- totally forget the name that was just told, I mean, five minutes ago. I mean, that's just, that's, that's the truth. Now, think about this, how often does that happen to us with the word of God? We read something is so good. Oh, yes, that's great. That is good, God. Thank you. Yes. Oh, look at that shiny thing. And it's gone. It's gone. I've heard that writing things down helps, that part of written communication. But, you know, that's happened to me time and time again where I've had something good. God spoke it to me. I didn't write it down and then I was cuz I thought in my mind I wouldn't forget it because it was so good and then later on what was that yeah third type of listener is the person who listens but does not prioritize what he heard and this goes hand in hand with the previous one um it says some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it away and I'm guilty of this one too how many times have I heard something from God that was so good, and then I allowed the hustle and bustle of the world and life enter in and sweep me away into a never-ending rabbit trail that twists and turns and takes me further and further away from that word that God had given me. And then I've forgotten it because I didn't prioritize it correctly. The world gets big in our eyes, and then God starts to get little. But if we keep God big, the world will be an afterthought. This world does want to choke out the word of God at every and any cost it will send any distraction temptation frustration or aggravation that it possibly can to get our get us and get our mind off of God's word and what he speaks to us things you know like I know I know that God's word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to us. But then the world comes along and says, Oh, but what you you gotta do this, you gotta do that. How are you gonna pay this bill? What are you gonna do over here? What are you gonna do about that? You gotta practice this, you gotta do that. And it's like all this stuff comes up and it chokes out. Why? It's it's my fault because I didn't prioritize it correctly. So part of communication is prioritizing correctly. Don't be the the listener that that listens but doesn't prioritize. There's always going to be some worry. There's always going to be something to preoccupy our time. It can be anything, circumstances, kids, school, life, social media, anything and everything will try to pull us away from God. Be like this fourth listener here. The fourth listener in Luke chapter 8 was the one who listened and heard. God is always speaking to us. Most of the time, it's in a still, small voice. But that still, small voice can be difficult to hear if our mind is raging like downtown Atlanta at rush hour. And that's the distractions of the world that come in. You know, we can train our ears to hear things even when our mind is raging like that. Here's an illustration. There was a a boy who lived in Georgia, and his friend moved to New York. So he went to New York to visit his friend, and so he was in New York. They're standing in downtown Manhattan, and downtown Manhattan, New York, you know, you got cars going by, you got horns, you got sirens, you got the hustle and bustle of people walking and talking and all kinds of stuff going on, and the boy from Georgia says, I hear a cricket. Friend from New York says, Are you crazy? You can't hear a cricket with all this going on. Boy from Georgia walks across the street to a planter container that had a little shrub in it or a flower, and he picks up a cricket. And his friend from New York goes, Well, that's amazing. What do you got, bionic ears? And the boy from Georgia says, No, it just depends on what you're listening for. So see, we can tune our ear to hear God even in the busyness of life, but it takes discipline. It takes practice, but it's possible so that even in the hustle and bustle of our life going crazy, everything's exploding, the roof's caving in, we can still hear God's voice. We can train our ears to hear things. We can train our ears to hear God. Our lives are busy every single one of us have busy lives in here some of y'all i don't even know how you do all that you do except for micah he has lists he does these lists and he checks them off i don't do lists i don't know how some people do things with without lists like micah that's why probably i'm so disorganized as well when i was little my mom used to call me to come inside Anybody play outside and you remember that your mom would call you to come in? Well, when we were little and that happened, you know, it was our responsibility to listen for that call and then respond when the call came. And we are God's little ones. It's our responsibility to listen for his voice in our lives. It's our responsibility to listen. Yes, we can get distracted. There was times out playing in the yard where you're just so into playing, you just, you know, you just distracted, and you just ignored your mom's voice. And guess what? You got more than the look. You may have gotten the belt. My mom, some one time, beat me with a bike lock because she couldn't find a belt. <laughs> it was one of those. It was one of those little thin chains that had the little rubber. You know, the little twisty combination, it had that, boy, that rubber stung, boy, Whoo! Yeah, y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all just be blessed up there in the front. Mm-hmm. But we are God's little ones, and it is our responsibility to listen for his voice. And we want to not just listen, but hear what he's saying. As Jesus said at the end of verse uh, 8 in Luke 8, he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So it's, it's more than just a listening. It's comprehending and understanding. And so my prayer for this year is for God to help me communicate with others better. But most importantly, to communicate with him on a deeper level as well so that I can hear his clear whisper even when the world around me is going crazy. Because this world is going crazy. So that's my prayer, and that's my word for the year, and I hope that God has blessed you with it. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that, Lord, number one, that you first communicated your love towards us. Lord, when we, as your word says, Lord, we're even your enemies, Lord. God, that you you love and you care for us and you you want to speak to us, Lord God. Help us to listen. Help us, Lord God, to train our ear to you. There's so much, Lord, in life that, that is there to distract us, Lord God, but we want to hear your voice, Lord. We want, Lord God, to know you more, Lord. We want, Lord, to follow you, Lord. We want to respond immediately without hesitation when you speak, Lord. Lord, we need you to help us do that, Lord. Help us. Help us be disciplined, Lord, in listening for you, Lord God. Lord, if, if there's someone here, Lord, who's never heard your voice, Lord, Lord, I pray today would be the day that they hear it for the first time ever. Lord, just speak to the hearts, Lord God, of everyone in this room right now. Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand up, guys.